Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Good morning, Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 4, Devils You Know. Ooh. So, Mariah, how was your week? It was good. I went to my cousin's wedding. That was fun. That was a fun time. Yeah. I had quite a few vodka Diet Cokes. (laughs) Your new drink. I love it. Yeah, that's my new drink. <laughs> love it. How was your week, Caroline? It was it was okay. Um, I'm mostly looking forward to this weekend because my sister is coming to visit, so um, there will be lots of stories in the next episode, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but actually, I just remembered what I originally thought I would talk about, which is that when I got home from work today, I took a nap. I meant to sleep for like an hour, and then I slept for four hours. Um and you know when you have like uh, maybe this is just me I don't know but when I have a really really good nap and I know it's a good one I wake up and I it's just like peak comfort and my like the tips of my fingers and like the tip of my nose is like just a little bit um fuzzy I guess like the feeling in them I don't know (laughs) is that a normal thing I don't know but I don't know I know that that means I had a really good nap (laughs) Okay. So, I had that today. (laughs) I'm so glad. I'm happy for you. Thanks. (laughs) Let's get started. (laughs) Okay. So, this episode was written by Paul Zibachevsky and directed by Ron Underwood. Zibachevsky. Yeah. Um, So, in this episode, we meet a couple of people. The most important one being Dwight Fry. A.K.A. Ash from Supernatural, for those of us OG Supernatural fans. Um, <laughs> and honestly, they're fairly similar characters. They're both, like, geniuses um, and, like, very technologically savvy. So that was interesting. Um, <laughs> he's, he's typecast. Yeah, yeah. He's just missing his, his mullet. So that's all. <laughs> um <laughs> And then we also meet, uh, well, we kind of meet Lash and Banks. They're not new, but we just finally got names for them. And I thought that they were uh, nameless and unimportant. So good for them. (laughs) They finally got names. Great. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into it. Yes. Uh, We open on a couple cooking dinner and struggling to figure out if the chicken is done cooking yet. Honestly, relatable. Except that the guy is fucking floating. (laughs) And then suddenly there's a knock at the door. Another inhuman named Alicia is there to warn them about the Terrigen and that Lincoln is on the run. As they're talking, the giant fucking Cree guy (laughs) bursts through their door like a goddamn Kool-Aid man. The couple immediately gets taken down. Alicia tries to fight him, but he quickly overpowers her. And then we see that the real Alicia is on the shield plane. And I, y'all, I really think that I have, like, face blindness or something because I had zero recollection of this woman, but she is the redhead that we talked about. And, like, we know her and we talked about her name. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, it was great. (laughs) 
Oh, Caroline. <laughs> you and your face blindness. Me and my face blindness. That was an intense opener. It really was. So much happened. <laughs> <laughs> so Colson orders Mac and Daisy to go in immediately because the real Alicia is still being harmed even though the Kree is attacking her duplicate. They see that all three of the of the Inhumans are dead and that the Kree has made another Kool-Aid man hole in the wall as he got away. Daisy, of course, immediately runs after him to Mac's dismay. Daisy is always running off trying to be the hero. Always. <laughs> like, can we think for a second? I mean, like, good to have those instincts, but also... Maybe, like, check in with <laughs> your partner. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> Just a, a little piece of advice from me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Alicia finally wakes up on the plane and says that he's here to kill them all, and no one can stop him. Ooh. Ooh. Colson, Morse, and Fitz talk down the neighbors in the apartment building and then start to survey the scene. Um, and they start sh- stealing shit before the actual authorities get there. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy and Mac are still trailing the monster down the street. They tell Colson that they will wait for backup, but they do not! <laughs> and Mac keeps getting scared by all of the noises that they keep hearing. Relatable. <laughs> <laughs> Morse and Fitz are still collecting evidence from the crime scene, and Fitz chides Morse for not using his and Simmons' bagging system. B is for blue for bio. B is for blue is for biological. <laughs> it just makes sense. Duh! <laughs> um, Morse quickly changes the subject <laughs> to ask about the dinner date that Fitzsimmons went on, but Fitz brushes it off and says that Simmons didn't say much. Luckily for him, the awkward conversation gets cut short by the cops showing up with a helicopter. <laughs> Mac and Daisy think they've finally found the monster on the other side of the door with, with your, your face, face and the beautiful, beautiful eyes and the But unfortunately, it's their backup, the ATCU. They all, like, almost have a shootout, which, honestly, the way that they opened the door and then all immediately put their guns up was not, very, was not like, dissimilar to when we let dogs into, like, their playgroups at, <laughs> at daycare. Like, if they're not already super chill friends, um, just <laughs> a, little, a little tidbit. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they almost have a shootout until, um, Rosalind tells everyone to stand down and not to piss off (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting. (laughs) I meant to say not to piss off Daisy, but I said on. (laughs) Yeah, she wrote on in the script. She said not to piss on Daisy. (laughs) I mean, don't do that either. Don't do that to anyone. <laughs> when I when I go through to add my stuff to the script, I sometimes I make like small corrections here and there. I saw that one and I was like, nope, I'm leaving it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that was, I don't know. Um, yeah, so 
just gonna move on, I guess. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, so Rosalind tells him to stand down and not to piss on Daisy, which is reasonable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Coulson comes out with them and has a very tense exchange with Daisy and Mac um, once the feds move out. Gasp! But they've been watched. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Um. So Rosalind and her guys are also bagging and tagging the whole apartment. And she tells Colson that she's pissed that he didn't tell the AC, the ATCU that he knew about this couple, even though it's clear that they were already turned before the fish oil outbreak. They have some, like, flirty banter, as they do, until Colson reminds her that they have a bad guy to catch. That they have a bad guy to catch. And she goes, I like it when you get all tough. And I do, too. <laughs> Ugh, and then I'm so sick of his face. <laughs> Not you, Brett. Come on the pod. You're, it, we love you. <laughs> fucking ward. <laughs> do I say fucking ward every single time I say ward? I think I do. <laughs> I think you do. Fucking ward is looking at the weapons that Hydra bought from the guy who brought down Spud. The itty bitty guy. Itty bitty. Uh, fucking Ward monologues to his henchmen about the things that he actually did like about S.H.I.E.L.D. Blah, blah, blah. They're gonna burn S.H.I.E.L.D. down. Whatever. I don't know. He's got it. I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) I hate this side quest. Um, Hunter has finally gotten the call for the mission with Hydra. May is concerned that they don't have any information at all. So, you know, there are a lot of unknowns about this trip. But Hunter is more worried about missing his shot at Ward. Interesting that he would be worried about that. <laughs> maybe you should have listened to May and waited for more information. Right. And then maybe it would have gone differently. Maybe you wouldn't have missed. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> um, and then poor Alicia is still, like, just a shell of herself. Hmm. I hope she comes back. I'll remember her next time. <laughs> Maybe. You say that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So Daisy reveals to Colson and Morse what she's learned from the couple's laptop. They got an email recently with a nasty virus attached to it that ultimately destroyed the thing. Colson tells her to share what she's found with the ATCU so that they can help more they can help find more in humans and maybe trace the virus to the source. Daisy is extremely skeptical about working with the ATCU and sharing info with them. The Coulson says that they have to try. I, I mean, we'll get into it. (laughs) (laughs) Simmons has her therapy session with Garner, and she tries to avoid answering any questions about what she went through and how she's coping and deflecting any concerns about PTSD. Until finally, she she mentions that she had completely lost faith that she'd ever be found. Her saying that broke me. I know. I just, I just want to give her a hug. (laughs) I know. Um, when Garner reminds her that it's over and she has a lot of friends who care about her here, she simply says, you're wrong. About what? (laughs) That it's over or that she has friends? (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. 
That's the depression talking, Simmons. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Um, so Garner and Coulson are discussing Simmons' progress, or lack thereof. Garner reminds Coulson that he absolutely has not approved Simmons for field work yet, and he didn't appreciate Coulson putting Alicia in the field without Garner's evaluation. Yeah! <laughs> He's got a point. Um, Coulson swears that she just wanted to be part of saving her friends. Um, this whole conversation was making me very mad. <laughs> but then, as they're talking, May walks in and all jaws fall to the floor. As they should. As they should. <laughs> she looked fucking good, though. <laughs> that was an excellent entrance. <laughs> yes. May tells Coulson that she's worried about Hunter and thinks him being so close to killing Ward has affected his judgment, and he needs more backup than she can provide. <laughs> Which Coulson was like, that's saying something. <laughs> um... <laughs> He quickly agrees to help and then jumps into friend mode. He's like, it's like you never left. I can replace Garner if you want me to, but I can't replace you. True. (laughs) May says that that's not necessary because Garner didn't leave her because of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's me. Hi. (laughs) I'm the problem. It's me. (laughs) Shut shut up. I said the same exact thing in my notes. (laughs) Swifty brain rot. (laughs) (laughs) I put, May said, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. (laughs) She did. She did. She said, it's me. (laughs) Coulson says that she's too hard on herself. May says that Coulson looks better without his tie, which he only isn't wearing because he physically can't tie it due to his prosthetic hand. Thanks for the reminder, because I did kind of forget about it. Um... May leaves again, saying that she'll be in touch as soon as Hunter gets his orders. Morse is trying to study the the hair. I keep call I called him a Cree this whole time, but he's an inhuman. He's not. Yeah. Uh, so Morse is trying to study his hair under a microscope, but says that it's deteriorating when it's not supposed to. Basically, <laughs> with all their jargon. Um, <laughs> Fitz assumes that she set it up wrong, (laughs) of course. Um, While he's at the desk with her, though, he notices a binder full of research on the monolith with Simmons' handwriting all over it. Just then, Simmons walks by and is absolutely incensed that Fitz is looking through her stuff. She tries to snatch it out of his hands, and they both end up dropping it. Papers spread across the floor, out of order. Honestly, this is not a very good quality binder. (laughs) And you'd think that S.H.I.E.L.D. could drop, like, $13 on a binder. If they can build whatever the fuck technology they can think of, they can drop $13 on a binder that won't fall apart. (laughs) Or at least, like, a folder. Yeah, come on. Simmons then snaps at Morse, asking what she told Fitz, and then she snaps at Fitz to stay out of her stuff before storming off, arms full. Fitz is bewildered and turns to Morse. Morse says that the bad news should come from Simmons herself. That is never a good thing to hear. No. And then it's like, but what if she doesn't tell me? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, though, I have absolutely been the person that, like, I know something and then somebody ends up asking about it and I'm like, it's not my story to tell and I don't know what the right thing to do is. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I feel her on this. <laughs> but also, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Garner tries to catch May on her way out the door to ask if they can meet up and talk about what happened between them. He swears that he didn't leave because of her, albeit he could have handled the situation better than just ghosting her entirely. If Melinda May can get ghosted by a man she was married to? Truly. There's no hope for any of us. (laughs) Oh my god. He says he wants to explain himself and apologize to her, but he doesn't want it to be here while they're surrounded by S.H.I.E.L.D. and rushing because she's literally walking out the door. May refuses and says that she ghosted him before, so now they're even. Which, like, true, I guess, but also... Two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. So he should know how it feels. Why would you do that? Daisy informs Coulson that she worked with the ACT. The ACT. <laughs> Daisy informs Coulson that she worked with the ATCU, like he asked, and they found that the virus was sent to all the Inhumans they'd found so far. They just hadn't noticed it before. Also, the ATCU says that they can't trace the virus. <laughs> Literally, what are they good for besides hoarding information? Then. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. They do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily, Daisy can and did trace the virus all the way to Dwight Fry, an employee of the Department of Social Security, and also would look great in a mullet. (laughs) I'll pretend I understood that reference. (laughs) I know that it's a reference because you said it earlier. Yep. So now it's just a reference to what I said. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Anyway, uh, Dwight Fry is the same name as the actor Dwight Fry, who played Renfield in the film Dracula in 1931. Ooh, I did not know that. Me neither. Honestly, I I had never heard of Renfield because I guess I never saw the movie Dracula or read the book. Um, But I'm very excited to see that movie that's coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been seeing the, the ads for it? No, I haven't. Is there a Dracula movie coming out? So it's called Renfield, and it's about Dracula's, like, assistant or whatever. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, um, topical. Yeah. Look at me go. <laughs> um, I think... Oh, it, I think it may be coming out this week or something. Um, but yeah, it has, like, Nick Cage is playing Dracula, so you know it's going to be weird as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see it really bad. <laughs> the guy I'm seeing made me watch, like, a satirical horror movie starring Nick Cage, where <laughs> Nick Cage literally does not speak the entire time. Does not have oh a God. single line of dialogue. <laughs> but he's the star. I'm obsessed. That's amazing. Honestly, that's like a dream part, really. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, moving on. So, uh, Dwight apparently also has been missing from work for a few weeks now. Daisy has a pretty dark theory that Dwight is the the inhuman monster, and that the ATCU is sending him after the other inhumans. That would be pretty fucked up, honestly. (laughs) 
So Colson, Mac, and Daisy head out to meet with the ATCU in, I hate that acronym. <laughs> it's so hard to say. Oh my god. And I wrote it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Just say ATCU. The ATCU. It's like a chew, but... <laughs> So Colson, Mac, and Daisy head out to meet with the ATCU in Baltimore. <laughs> Daisy tells Rosalind that she wants to see the ATCU's base. So Rosalind says that she wants to see some of the S.H.I.E.L.D. facility. Uh, and that would be fair, I guess, if they're working together. Um, Equitable. It's a little tense, obviously, until Mac says, the door isn't going to open itself. <laughs> Thanks, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to diffuse the tension. <laughs> Honestly, I could just, like, I was picturing, like, the whoever w- was writing that <laughs> that scene just being, like, very lost in, <laughs> in the dialogue and being like, well, then they're going to say this and go back and forth. And then being like, okay, wait, I have to, I have to end it. <laughs> <laughs> so Daisy blows open the door and they search the house. Daisy finds Dwight hiding in a closet, fucking freaking out. He tries to tell her to go away, but she can't hear him. Fucking my life. <laughs> um, but he's beginning to lose control, so he starts screaming for her to get out. Daisy blows him back into the wall as everyone else makes their way to the scene. He's still freaking out, not because of how hard Daisy hit him, but because of Daisy's presence itself. This is the part where I was like, oh, it's the guy who's allergic to inhumans. I remember him. (laughs) I had forgotten, but then I remembered. Yeah. Honestly, that must really suck. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, is he not also inhuman? Yeah. That sucks. (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) Like, I wonder, is he allergic to himself? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Ugh. Imagine. You just, like, scratch your face and then you... And then uh, it burns? I don't know. Like, what? (laughs) Just have a rash everywhere, all over you at all times? That's... That's terrible. I'm just imagining some kid, like, I'm allergic to myself. (laughs) Honestly, it probably, it's probably happened to somebody. Yeah. There are people who are allergic to water. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of tangents this episode. Um, So Coulson and Rosalind question Dwight alone and ask how he's choosing his next victims. Dwight tries to run away, but he's startled by Coulson's high-tech hand with the laser finger. He sits back down reasonably (laughs) and begins to give them very vague answers about lash the monster guy the two are working together and i i still don't understand the purpose of the like virus email from his explanation um but basically dwight can sense when other inhumans are near him because he gets massive migraines and an awful rash so I think the purpose of the virus was to, like, track down inhumans. But then I don't understand how, how he, like, ch- how, how he found them in the first place Yeah. to send them the virus, which right. 
Because if he already knows them. who they are and he's already sensed them, why do you need to track them? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, so the inhuman character of Dwight Fry breaks out in a rash when he nears another inhuman. Though the rash was created through makeup and prosthetics, the appearance of it on Fry's face was done digitally. Visual effects supervisor Mark Kolpak noted that since the character was killed by the end of the episode, it was not cost-effective to have the actor professionally laser-scanned. Instead, an occipital structure sensor attached to Kolpak's iPad Air 2 was used to get a scan of Lindbergh's <laughs> face and makeup, a process that Kolpak admitted was not yet perfect. Kolpak was able to use the scan to get textures and geometry ahead of having lead visual effects vendor FuseFX create the final rash effect. That's very interesting that they they did the prosthetics and a digital thing. I, that's yeah, I'm trying so, to figure out why. <laughs> so what I'm what I can gather from it is the actual rash was prosthetics and makeup. But it, like... Oh, it had to, like, appear. Yeah. Like, a rash... It wasn't just on his face. Like, it had to break out. Interesting. So the breaking out was... (laughs) Digital. (laughs) On his iPad Air 2. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. It's like it's like those Selena Gomez music videos that were advertised as these were shot on an iPhone. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Technology. <laughs> We've come so far. Um anyway, back to the like email virus. I think I think it would be so funny if he sent the email to someone like me, uh, who I just checked the other day, I have over 60,000 unread emails. Oh my god. I would likely never even see it, much less open it, much less download. (laughs) (laughs) So I I really want to know, what does it do? (laughs) (laughs) Dwight explains that he's part of killing inhumans because being near them causes him so much physical pain. And the only thing that makes that pain go away is when Lash kills them. Is he allergic to Lash? He's gotta be. Interesting. I don't know. I... Okay. <laughs> um, so Dwight says that he didn't ask for this life, and since he knows that other people didn't ask for it either, he feels justified in taking those lives away. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like with him for a second and then he went, he said that and I was like, hold up, (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) Coulson tells Dwight that they can help, but Dwight needs to understand that Lash is not some quote, angel of mercy. Dwight says Lash is no angel. He's just a guy trying to do the right thing. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sure. (laughs) Except I like he definitely enjoys killing them, and I don't think he enjoys Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so 
The ATKU begins loading Dwight into the back of their truck. Mac and Daisy don't like it and finally convince Coulson that they should be on the truck with him. Coulson convinces Rosalind that it's only fair, so Daisy and Mac hop up in the trailer as well. Simmons finds Morse alone in the gym. She tries to apologize for snapping at her earlier when she thought that Morse had told Fitz what they'd talked about. Morse swears that she didn't and asks if Fitz or well, and asks if Simmons has confided in anyone else about it. She says no, so Morse suggests that Simmons tell Fitz, um, as he would definitely want to know. Once again, I know you didn't make a note of it in this scene. <laughs> But B is for blue is for biological. We know it now. We know it. <laughs> B is for blue is for biological. Absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, and also Morse is worried about Hunter. I'm not. <laughs> However, it is valid. I feel like Hunter is always in trouble, though. So. Yeah. That's probably. She's <laughs> like, I have this awful feeling in my stomach it means that hunter's in trouble oh so you must have tummy aches all the time (laughs) you're like chidi anagonye level (laughs) stomach (laughs) problems (laughs) um anyway But she's right, because Hunter has just willingly gotten into the trunk of a Hydra car after his weapons were taken from him. And he says, always in the bloody boot. Maybe don't get in it. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one getting in. Like... (laughs) I was going to say no one's making you, but I mean... I mean, they kind of did, but he could have... I don't know. He didn't really fight it very hard. (laughs) Um, also, Ward is so obsessed with S.H.I.E.L.D. that he's now calling himself the director of HYDRA, which I thought was very funny. (laughs) He hates them, and yet, so obsessed. The opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. Yep. (laughs) He hates them, and he thinks about them all the fucking time. (laughs) All the time. Free rent. I love it. Um, so Mac and Daisy are getting suspicious about how long it's taking for their transport to reach its destination. They wryly joke that Banks, the nameless military guy, has a name that I've just learned. Um, and they wryly joke that Banks is rushing to clean up the the ATCU facility for them. But as they're talking, Dwight is getting more and more in pain until someone lands on top of the trailer. <gasps> Lash then burns a hole in the roof, jumps down into the chaos. Daisy blows him back, and the whole truck just flips on its side. Lash drags Dwight out onto the pavement, and Dwight swears that he only told them the truth, that Lash is acting mercifully. But Lash says he is not merciful, and then he kills Dwight. Aw, Dwight. <laughs> Dwight. Poor guy. R.I.P. <laughs> um... Daisy slowly starts to wake up as Lash is walking away. He notices her moving, but decides to leave anyway. And then she sees his shadow change from the monster into literally just a guy. Hit him with your car. (laughs) (laughs) I 
really hope that reference is still relevant by the time this episode drops. Me too. Make it relevant. Y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) He is not the love of your life. He is literally literally just just a guy. guy. (laughs) Hit him with your car. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. Anyway, I'm betting that the monster is Banks. That's my guess. Um... So then Mac wakes up in the hospital and immediately takes off his sling. Why do people do this? <laughs> Why do they do this on media? It's on there for a reason. <laughs> anyway, Daisy catches him up and tells him about what she saw. How it would make sense with how he just seems to disappear sometimes. They get interrupted, though, by Rosalind checking in. The way that that happened, her coming in to check in, felt like they're trying to get me to think that it's her. But I'm I'm sticking with my Banks theory. <laughs> he was the first person that they showed in the season. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Uh, it's foreshadowing. And I'm sticking to it. If I'm wrong, I'll just never listen to this episode again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Rosalind asks where Coulson is because she can't get a hold of him. And Daisy smugly says that he's on a mission to capture a high-value target. But a human one. So it's none of your business, Roz. <laughs> So Morse heads out to the garage and sees Coulson about to leave again with a tactical team. They make eye contact, and then Coulson ignores her. Rude. (laughs) Morse confirms what's going on with Fitz as he walks past. He tells her that May and Hunter have a lead on Ward, and it's pretty sketchy. But then he stops mid-sentence when he realizes that she didn't know. And then he says, it's tough when people keep things from you, and walks away. Oh my god! Leo, that was ice cold. The sly dig at Bobby. It wasn't even sly. Wow. It was like no, that was straight blatant. up. That was through the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> so Hunter finally gets let out of the trunk in a like storage facility or something. Um And the henchmen show him around for a little bit and then let him know that the director is ready to meet him. And Ward is right there, 10 feet away, saying, turn around, Richie. And instead of just grabbing the gun that's right in front of him and making the shot, Hunter hesitates for several seconds, makes them all very nervous uh, and and suspicious, suspicious. And then says, my name's not Richie. And then he turns around, shows Ward his face before trying to grab a gun. How do you fumble that fucking hard? I was so mad. This is actually one of the reasons why I don't like Hunter. Yeah. Like. You idiot. You're so stupid. I'm like, okay, you can be. Shoot him first. Like. Then let him see your face. You can be a liability or you can be annoying. You can't be both. And yes. he, he chooses both every time. <laughs> I can't. Oh, my God. I was screaming at the TV. Uh, so, of course, Ward gets to a hiding place. May arrives and is, of course, the only person that Ward is actually afraid of. Um, and obviously so because she took out five of the 11 hydra agents single-handedly in seconds 
Um, he absolutely should be afraid of her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Coulson and the team are still 20 minutes out and won't be able to get there in time. Interesting. I love that they they threw that in there <laughs> just for the plot. Because these people get everywhere around the globe in seconds all the time. <laughs> but they were like, this time we can't help you. We're 20 minutes away. <laughs> um, so Hunter and May decide not to wait. They are mere feet away from where Ward is hiding. But they still let him talk for some reason. <laughs> Oh, because he tells them not to interrupt. You gotta be polite. I hated that line. I hated that line. Oh my god. (laughs) Don't interrupt. Fuck you. (laughs) Because they're so close, Ward just like slides his phone over to them uh, to show them that uh, he has a live feed and men watching Garner head to his next class. He says that this would make them even for Ward having to watch the love of his life die in his arms. You did that to yourself! <laughs> I, I truly cannot handle that level of delusion. It's <laughs> baffling. It's baffling. Oh my god. <laughs> so then Strucker fucker uh, shows up in the gas station where Garner realizes he's being filmed. And their plan, I guess, is to light the whole gas station on fire unless Ward is left alone. So Dr. Garner is attacked by Hydra agents in a convenience store called Aaron's Market. Aaron Gurton worked in the art department for this episode. Aww. So that could have been a reference to him. Yeah. I like that uh, this fun fact says attacked <laughs> and not killed. That gives me hope. <laughs> And I'm going to hold on to it. <laughs> okay. May is frozen. She can't make a decision at this point. Um, Hunter reminds her that they just gave Hydra a shit ton of weapons, which means countless people would get hurt if they back down right now. But May cannot let Andrew get killed. Hunter apologizes and goes in anyway. Fucked up. May still has his back. (laughs) 